You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. You are all in for a treat today. There is no question about it. But before we get started, I want to remind everybody that we are having a three-day live in-person event in May, May 18th, 19th, and 20th in Phoenix, Arizona. So you want to make sure you get your tickets, get yourself registered. We have that down in the notes below. And as a special opportunity, the day before on May 17th, we're having power presentation intense intensive where we're going to spend an entire day with me helping you with your presentations, because now more than ever, you've got to get out and see as many people as possible. I call it one-to-many instead of one-to-ones. So uh, if you need some help in your presentation skills, that is something you want to register uh, for as well. But you can use the same link and head on over there so that we can spend. Uh, we've got some unbelievable speakers and we've got a couple of guest speakers uh, that you uh, don't know that you know, but you know them. Um, if you love chicken soup for the soul, if you like rich dad, poor dad, you definitely want to be there because some of the speakers are the authors. And with that said, I cannot wait to introduce my friend, Barry Habib. Barry, welcome. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome. Great to, to be with you, Jen. Of course. Well, you know, it's been years. You know, I just crossed over 40 years in this business on March 1st. And I still can't believe it. Four decades of doing this. Um, you know, of course, I'm not originating, but I'm in the business just like you. And, uh, you know, this we were just talking in the green room that this is the third. It may be the fourth because I think it's the third time for you once I had Dan here. Uh, you know, I love bringing you guys on just to give us an update, you know, with what's happening. And, uh, you know, now now's a good time. We're, we're heading in that spring market. We just started our our second quarter. So there's a lot to talk about. So thank you for being here. It is a pleasure to have you. Oh, it's it's a pleasure to be with you. And congratulations, 40 years of doing so many good things to help customers, help loan originators, just help our industry. So uh, thanks for all the great things that you do. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So let's get started with the obvious. I mean, I, maybe for me, it's obvious, but I think the obvious thing that my clients are asking me and what I'm uh, talking about, you know, when I'm speaking as well um, is when are rates going to come down? Are they going to come down or are we going to be surprised they're going to go back up again? Let's start there. So they don't move in a straight line, but for a long time now, we've said to circle May 10th on your calendar because that's when we're going to get the release of the April CPI. And I think that that's the beginning. That's the start of interest rates really improving in a meaningful way over a good period of time. So there's a lot of reasons for that. Is Overall, we are seeing inflation numbers begin to decline. When you take a look at the main driver of why the inflation numbers have been high, it's been shelter costs. There's a big lag in the way it's reported. I've got some slides we could take a look at if you like there. Yeah, just we can go back that. and forth. Yeah, absolutely. But, but the real-time shelter costs, they're coming, they're decelerating. Okay. There's 
were a year and four months ago, they were at 18% year over year for rent and owner's equivalent rent. But now they're only up like two and a half percent. So we're seeing a meaningful drop. But the way it works is you measure each of the past 12 months and give them equal weight. Right. Worse yet, when you have a survey that was done eight, nine, 10 months ago as to what they were paying in rent, right? it could be reflective of signing a lease perhaps six or eight months prior to that. So there's a long lag effect that takes place. Unfortunately, the Fed doesn't understand this, but that's okay. We all do. And what we're seeing is we're seeing now a cresting of this peak that we've seen in shelter costs. It's my opinion that we're going to see some consistent moves lower. And when you compare them on a year-over-year basis, you look at the most recent 12 months. So it's a rolling 12 months, which mm -hmm. means the, most, the oldest data will be replaced by the newest data. Mm -hmm. We start to get into an arena now where the newer data will probably be more tempered than the older data. That takes the year-over-year -year readings and starts to reduce them. We see that beginning with the April numbers for CPI that we'll get at least on May 10th. Mm -hmm. And then I think we go through a stretch for several months. We'll see a pretty meaningful drop in CPI. Yeah. Now, I don't think it's going to stay like that way, but I think it'll be a meaningful drop. And I think that, as we know, mortgage rates, they don't follow the Fed. They follow inflation, you should right. see mortgage rates decline. So I think they will start to drop May 10th in a more meaningful, consistent manner. I think over the summer, we'll be in the mid to low fives. Maybe if we get lucky, 5% should be in the cards late summer into the fall. But I do think you will see uh, an interest rate environment that'll be a lot more favorable. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of repercussions there. One is you're going to start to see some activity in refinances is one of the things that people should be looking at even now is people are refinancing right now from a 3% rate to a 6.5% rate, as long as you're paying off a lot of debt. Mm -hmm. Because people have equity. The average loan to value in a home today is 42%, which, yeah. means, which means that, you know, there's, there's 80, uh, there's, there's, there's uh, 58% equity and yeah. you can take out 75, 80% of the remaining equity. There's a lot of debt you could pay off. And then in addition to that, Jen, what you can also be looking at is people with home equity lines of credit. Now, just seven or eight or nine months ago, their rates were relatively low. It was about three to 4%. Yeah. But depending on the amount that they've taken out on that HELOC, they're paying 9% right now. Yeah. Car loans. Do you know that 17% of people have a car payment in excess of $1,000? Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. So, so these are things that yeah. you can utilize the equity in the home. And now you could start to say, okay, well, I know the rate's higher, but overall we can add so much cash flow. And yeah. when we get into the low fives, which we will, you know, you've been doing this for a very long time, as have I. We've seen forever people reach for the home of their dreams and be willing to sacrifice, you know, a three, three and a half percent rate, for example, to a you know, higher rate by one or one and a half percent because they want that home. They need that home. So I think there'll be a lot more activity. Yeah, I think so too. And I think also, you know, and I, I've said this all along is no matter what, you know, yes, they're going to get rates at two and a half, you know, 3%, whatever, whatever terms you got them. And they will at some point have a life event. And what we have, we're not considering is all the life events that people have, not just the the equity to pay off any debt, you know, car loans or, you know, um, any charging that they've done now because everybody all of a sudden started traveling. I know you've traveled during COVID. I traveled during COVID. 
And now, and, and it was great because we had all this sprawling room. Now I have none, right? So everybody's traveling and they're putting on credit cards and uh, because they still don't know how to save. And, you know, and I think that there's going to be, you know, that need. I, I have a couple of questions based on what you, you just said. So one is I want to, we'll, we'll look at the charts here in just a second, because I do want to look at the chart that you were referencing. And the reason I went like this, and for those of you not watching the video, I was kind of, you know, doing a little a swimming thing, you know, the bouncing ball. And I always consider it to be a bobber on top of water, you know, because it's just kind of flow. When that first one comes out, the second one is the anticipation, like, oh, this one has to be the, you know, the trending one. Hopefully that'll do that for us. But do you have any statistics on what rents are? right now, because I know that the last time I had heard any stats on that rents were 8%. And that was sort of the play that everybody was taking was, you know, you, well, I mean, what, what is the interest rate on your rent? And it, for me, it's infinity because none of it is going to principal. So it's infinity, but we've been seeing, you know, a lot of loan officers um, talking about dating uh, or what is it? I marry the mortgage. Um, marry the home. Yeah. And that's going to, that's going to, um, I think that's going to change a little bit if, if the rent statistics start coming down, not the number of rents, but the, the uh, percentage of rent does come down at some point. So what are your thoughts there? So right now rents are going up at 2.6% on a year over year basis, but they mm -hmm. were about 18% mm -hmm. long ago. So we've seen a huge deceleration in rents. The problem is, is that there's a lag and I can show you something that I think would better illustrate that. Yeah. Let's take, let's take a quick peek here and I'm going to pull up my, my, my screen in just a second after I get this set up. So here we go. Yeah. Now, when we take a look at real time rents, this is what it looks like mm -hmm. and you can see here in 2021, we saw an enormous rise in rents as inventory levels became very, very tight. You had a lot of additional dollars out there from stimulus and people just flocked to either rents or owner's equivalent rent and prices went up, as you know, on real estate quite rapidly. But since that peak of, as you could see, right in that 18% right. range, we have seen a rather pronounced decline. The problem is, is that when you look at the way it's reported within CPI, it's going to take the most recent reading and give equal weight to the most recent 12, 12 months. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's going to kind of average this period of time. But worse yet, as I mentioned, let's say if you were surveyed as to what you think your home could rent for, or what you were paying in rent, well, then you might be reflective of signing that lease somewhere here. Yes. So you could see it takes a long time. And it's evident in the way it's reported within the CPI report itself. And it looks like this. Now, mm -hmm. as we recorded this morning, Jen, Yep. CPI was just released and the portion of shelter costs on a year over year basis is up 8.2% year over year. So you can see this is still actually moving higher. It's actually still kind of looks like it's, it's increasing, but we know the lag time, the lag time is right around 15 months. So we anticipate this here to be peaking right about here and, and start rolling over and actually start helping us because again, of that lag effect. So we think we're just about at the apex here. And I wanna show you something else that I think can be helpful. Let's take a look at this chart right here. Because what we see is we see, this is the shelter portion of the rents. So the shelter portion of the rents right here, look at the cresting that we're seeing. Yes. Yeah. 
if you take a look at what we've got had reported, especially if you go back to July, August, September, around here, October, we're not accelerating anymore. Look how much we accelerated. So we were on a kind of a pretty mm -hmm. pronounced level higher. Now we're cresting, but in the most recent data, this actually um. has come down a little, and I anticipate this to continue to come down. And, and, and the way it's going to be showing up in the CPI report, I think is going to be very beneficial. So we should start to see those CPI numbers really move lower and lower and lower. Um, and one, one more thing I should show you on here is that the reason, one of the reasons why we circled May 10th, and I'll give you a couple of, of, of looks at that, is because as we get the replacement values that'll be coming out, right. this driver right. of mm -hmm. higher inflation we'll start to get year over year readings that are lower. So what was, what was a problem for us will now start to be an ally for us Yeah, because yeah. we were getting readings that on a year over year basis that were low being replaced with higher readings. Now we're going to get readings that are high being replaced with lower readings and that will turn those numbers. Yeah. So in what our favor. What do you think? I mean, let's just talk like we're talking to a consumer when it comes to, you know, why are rents going lower if we still have a well, rents are not going low. Rents are rents are still rising, but they're rising at a much less okay. less less, less uh, a crazy pace. You know, <laughs> right, right. Certainly was not, yeah, was, was not sustainable. But at the current pace, which is you know, somewhere in that two and a half to three percent range, right. perhaps that's a little bit less than where we are. So yeah. to answer your question as to why we've seen that deceleration, well, the Fed is a, pr a prime driver of that because now you have a lot of your costs have gone up. You know, it costs mm -hmm. you more on your credit cards, more on your car loans, more on your home equity lines of credit. Remember a lot of people are buying, but, but yeah, well, those are other inflationary <laughs> costs, but the, the, yeah. the Fed can't really help with that. The Fed has driven costs up a lot. Mm -hmm. And because of the banking crisis, there's a lot less lending that's going on. Mm -hmm. So individuals are hunkering down a little bit as well. Businesses are slow. We see wages slowing down. Mm -hmm. Now, all those piece together, you know, it costs me more. I'm not getting the raises that I was getting. So therefore, I'm not going to be as eager to go out and rent. So that rental is going to sit a little bit longer and landlords have less pricing pressure. So they have to be a bit more gentle on their increases than they had been. Yeah. Yeah. And of course they were, you know, at some point they were, they were, um, you know, rate, I can't think of the word they were following, you know, prices of homes too, because everybody was getting money for their home. So I can get more money for my, my rental as well. Sure. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, I, I appreciate you sharing uh, more of that with us. And I, and I think that those things are really important for people to understand. Um, you know, if we take, if we go back, you know, let's go back 25 years ago, maybe even 30 years ago. <laughs> I wish, I wish. <laughs> I well, I want to go back before, before the great recession, basically, and, and, and almost before 9-11. But, um, you know, when we had markets like this, uh, you know, I, I'm constantly telling everyone, you have to be the straw that stirs the market. You can't lay back. And just like you were saying here with the, with the homeowners, you know, and the renters just saying, well, I think I'll just stay put. And this is something that everyone's doing is, is sort of staying put. And I've, and I've 
think it's important to be ready for when the when happens. And a lot of people are not in that position right now. They are still saying, you know, well, I'm, I'm not going to go to anything. I'm not going to engage anything. I'm just going to sit back. And I have been talking my ear, you know, my mouth off and their ears off with, you have to be doing, putting the effort in. You have to be putting in the effort right now to not only up-level your sales skills, which we've done in a, in a sales gorilla course, but also um, you have to, you know, be that voice of reason for people. And you have to actually have that conversation with your clients instead of letting them assume whatever they want. Um, and last, and then I'll ask the question last, you've got to hone in on your sales. I mean, these sales skills are, are critical and especially right now as you talked about home equity lines, which I'll talk about in a moment. If you were putting yourself back there, what would you tell that person? You Let's talk about you. What would you tell yourself back then, knowing what you know, although I imagine you did it anyway. Uh, what would you tell yourself that you should be doing? And that if you could tell the person who's listening to this, look, heed my advice, and I promise you're going to have some success. I think it's never been easier than right now to try and improve your skill set because you know if you think about the past couple of years when it was extremely busy it was really more about managing the transactions that were coming in rather than trying to bring the transactions into mm -hmm. in the door right so uh, now it's truly about taking getting more opportunities but not just getting them because they are thin let's face it there are of course less refinances there are of course less purchase transactions the good part about it is loan amounts are greater so you can, you can make up a lot of ground because your loan amounts are greater, so that can be very helpful. So what would I be doing right now? I would be doing the best I can to do the things you said with engaging, but here's the thing. The reason why I say it's it's easier because I have more time to improve my skill set. And what do people want to know? Well, you don't have to go too far. If you go to Google Trends, you see some of the most searched Google Trends. What are they? Their housing bubble, their recession, mm -hmm. there's the Fed, and there's inflation. Mm -hmm. ask yourself right now, what is your expertise in those areas? Because if you don't have expertise in those areas, that's exactly what your client wants and exactly what your real estate agent needs yeah. because they don't have the expertise in this area, Jen. They're in a situation where the media, which has a negative bias and slant, is going to be saying, don't buy a home. The media is saying there is a recession coming and that's negative. The media is saying that potentially interest rates are going to go higher. They're saying inflation's persistent. Fed members who don't understand it are saying inflation is persistent. They don't understand it. And it really is an opportunity that's not just missed for the customer, but really missed for you, for you who's listening there. And you just have to be honest with yourself. You know, yeah. how would you answer the question? Do you, yeah. if somebody said to you, you know, where are interest rates headed? Would your response be, well, uh, boy, if I, if I had a glass ball, I'd be on a beach. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that were your response, that's not a very good one. That's not. And if yeah. you were, and and if you were yeah. asked about the health of housing, what is your level of expertise there? What are yeah. you going to say? Well, it's different. It looks good. Or, you know, we're already seeing a turn in housing. We're already seeing more offers. And what you have to understand and, and know is know your numbers. You know, in 07, there were 4 million units for sale. Today, there's 980 thousand of those 980,000 over 40% of them are already under contract. There's just 563,000 active listings. Our population since 07 has grown by 30 million people. So it's just the supply and demand. What caused the bubble? The bubble was caused by too many homes being built and not enough demand. The demand was influenced by birth rates from 33 years ago. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to take a look at today, there is many more households being formed than units being built. 
So we still have a shortage. That's why the, the big complaint from everybody is there is no inventory or the lack of inventory. So in a six and a half percent or six and a quarter percent rate environment, if the demand is still keeping inventory tight, what's going to happen if we're right when rates drop to five and a half percent or five and a quarter percent? Well, <laughs> you crank up the volume of potential yeah. buyers and those potential buyers and those people who compare their rental payment to a purchase payment start to say, well, it does make sense to purchase. There's just going to be an overwhelming amount of transactions and you're going to see prices rise. The last time as a case study was 2012. And in 2012, when we take a look at what had happened then, in February of 2012 is when the bottom of prices hit. And in the following 12 months, prices rose 8%. I just want you to think about an 8% rise because in a $500,000 home, that's $40,000 that you would miss out on. Now, I'm not saying that we necessarily go up 8%, but things do look very favorable because in 2012, there were 2.4 million units for sale. Today, there's less than a million units for sale. And again, 40% of them are under contract. So yeah. it's a much tighter inventory environment. And if rates do what we think they're going to do, you're going to probably be missing out on an opportunity. Now, do you, do you wait till the bottom happens and start? No, because then there's even less inventory. Sellers are going to be more confident. Today's the time to use the fear yeah. that's occurring and take advantage of that. One other point to make on this, Jen, is that so you have to be able to answer that question correctly. And mm -hmm. if you can't answer the question like that, then all you need to do is brush up on your skills. And then mm -hmm. if somebody's asking, okay, so why do you think rates are going to come down? I hear people say they're going to 10%. You know, the Fed rates don't follow the Fed. You'd have to show something like this. And I'll show you real quickly again, Jen, I'm going to just kind of yeah. just go to some charts just to illustrate mm -hmm. what, what I would, you asked, what would yeah. I be doing in a consultation? Yeah. Yeah. So here, here's the way I would handle a consultation. It's showing I, charts like crazy right now. I would say that you need to take a look at something like this. So, you know, as you can see here, mortgage rates don't follow the Fed. Mortgage rates follow inflation. And this just shows mm -hmm. you here's inflation. Here's mortgage rates. When inflation goes up, mortgage rates go up. Inflation comes down, mortgage rates, even sideways, sideways, a little blip, a little blip. Now here the Fed fixed the market with quantitative easing. But as soon yeah. as they took the guardrails off, Inflation goes up, mortgage yeah. rates go up. Inflation comes down, more. inflation up, mortgage rates up. Inflation down, mortgage rate. Now, these don't go in a straight line, Jen. So once we've established that that's the case, then it's explaining what we're starting to see with inflation. Yeah. And inflation yeah. is beginning to come down. And that's going to lead to lower rates and in a tight inventory environment. Again, you know, Jen, I'm just going to show you another one here just to kind of emphasize the point. So, so okay, so tight inventory environment. I'm just going to try and mm -hmm. hop around a little bit here and just give you uh, a couple of things here that are all very, very interesting, but um, in a very tight inventory environment like this, and let's let's focus on this one for a second, 563,000 active units, that's, that's less than half of what's considered normal. And yeah. it's very close to the all-time lows. Now, in these this all-time low environment, prices were spiking quite rapidly. Now, we don't have the 3% mortgage rate environment, right. but even so, with this low inventory that we have today, um, we're probably going to see a favorable environment for prices. It's just, and, and again, yeah. all, all the things that people talk about, Jen, I'm just going to point out a couple of them very quickly to you. It's it's different than the bubble. Everybody wants to point to the bubble. I love this chart here because what this shows you is vacancy rates. So vacancy rates, if you own your home, vacancy rates, if you're renting, they stayed relatively, relatively consistent for over 20 years. Yeah. 
remember when the housing market got hot in the early 2000s. And what happened? People were not buying homes to rent them. They were buying homes to try and flip them and game the market. You remember that. And the underwriting guidelines were essentially fog up a mirror or do you have a pulse? Right, right. Everybody was doing it. And you could see it reflected in the vacancy rates. But today, this is not the case. Not only are we at very low vacancy rates, we're at all-time low vacancy rates. And what are we seeing in vacancies? People are buying rental properties to actually rent them. People are buying homes to actually live in them. So mm -hmm. it is a very different scenario. So anybody who's out there who's spewing just silliness by saying, oh, it's just like 07. It is not like 07. Here, take yeah. a look at this. Here's yeah. your inventory in 07. Here's <laughs> oh, your gosh. These are the type of things. And something yeah. else that I had shown you just a moment ago. I'll show you this one too, Jen, because I think you'll like this. This is something where if you take a look at the last 81 years, 80, 82 years, pardon me, the, the no, 81, it's 73 up years in appreciation, seven down years, and one year where yeah. it was flat. That's right here. Okay. Yeah. It's flat right here. Yeah. So people say, okay, prices have gone up, right? And therefore they have to come down. Well, that's not true. Prices sure have gone up. Okay. And they've mm -hmm. gone up 40% in this period of time. But do you know prices went up 118% during this period here? 118%. And then they didn't go down for the next 43 years. They continued to rise. And then how much did they drop? Simply by 1% over the next two years. Just 1% after this enormous rise. And look at these huge periods of price increases, right, much greater right. than today. Okay. And this was layered on top of each other. And then when people take a look at this one, prices went up for the next 10 years. And then after just going down 1%, they went up another 14 years. So you don't want to bet against the champ. Okay, we, we are you know, in a position where everybody points to this period of time. Yeah, they're focused on that. Yeah, they're focused yeah. on that one period of time. But this was predominantly due to the demographic picture. And I'll just show you this building units that were available that builders built. That's how you get new inventory versus the demand and yep. the demand much lower than the supply. Now the demand is much greater than the supply. And here's the forecast for 2023, because we know how many homes builders are going to build. And these are based on birth rates. Yeah. And you can yeah. see if you go back in the birth rates in 2006, a 33 year old was, was yeah. born in 1973. That's the drop because of abortions being legalized today. This is where they are. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's a very different, this is the birth rates from 1990. So a 33 year old today was born in 1990 versus 1973 in 2006, where 33 year olds both. So these are ways that I think you wind up being able to paint the picture for a client that this is the opportunity you have been waiting for right now. Yeah. And we talked about this a couple of years ago. We've talked about this, this generational growth, you know, not only from millennials, but also from the dem demographics of bigger families, you know, in the Latino markets and, and other things. And obviously we've had a lot of growth there and that that's definitely going to have an impact too. But again, to tie a bow around it, you know, just ask yourself, are you able to answer the question for a customer in that way? Or are you educating the customer and the real estate agent, perhaps more importantly, that this is what they need to know? Again, yeah. let's remember the more the most searched Google trends today. Housing bubble, will we address that? The Fed, will we address that as well? Saying that interest rates follow inflation and inflation was another, we address that. Let's talk about just the very last one, if it's okay with you, and that is recession. Yeah. So just, just very quickly. I love Jen. this trend. I have a feeling I know what this chart's going to look like. So there, there's a couple of things. <laughs> I love on this trend. 
there's a couple yeah. of things I want to show you is some people yeah. say, well, why haven't we had a recession? Mm -hmm. Why haven't we? Well, let's take a look pre-COVID at savings. Mm -hmm. So savings rates were close to 10%. And what about credit card balances? Now they were rising pre-COVID, but you could see the level of credit card balances here. Yeah. This shaded area is a recession. You know, a lot of people forget the recession occurred two months prior to COVID. So we had right. truly a double whammy jump. Recession and two months later, COVID. So the Fed jumps in and they want to help things and they cut rates dramatically. But we also, from the government, got an enormous stimulus package. What did people do with stimulus? So mm -hmm. I can't spend it because everything's shut down. So where did I put it? I put it in my yeah, savings. savings. Look yeah. what happened to savings. Mm -hmm. But what people also said, I can't spend it. But what I can do is I could take these big credit card balances and use the stimulus money to pay it off. And you can see the beautiful yeah. correlation, right? It, yeah. If you take it out of the stimulus savings and you pay off your credit card. Well, no worries, Jen, because once you did that, we got another stimulus check. But notice then we said we spent this one much faster. Mm -hmm. What did we spend it on? Hey, I've been cooped up. Let me do some shopping. I want to buy some name brand stuff, right? I like I like Louis Vuitton. I like it. So they, they love that lifestyle and they blew through that stimulus even faster, but only to find that, hey, there's another stimulus right afterwards. So people love the stimulus lifestyle and they got used to it. And they said, I want to keep this party going. How do I keep it going without any more stimulus? Well, notice the savings is being drawn and I'm loading up my credit cards to now all time highs. So this is what's put, but this even hits a wall eventually, Jen, because we went from a 10% savings rate in this country to a 3% savings rate. And we want, we went from what we thought was high credit card balances to 20% above that. So this is a country that is about to hit the wall. And by the way, these balances and all the debt we have are now at higher rates. So what happens during recession, this might be what you were referring to, Jen, yeah. yep. We've been doing this for a long time, yeah. mortgage rates drop during recessions. And you can see this every time. Now people yep. say, okay, well, that's all well and good, but how about real estate during recession? Wouldn't that be bad? So mm -hmm. what's the bad part about a recession, Jen, is people lose jobs. So if the unemployment rate went up 1%, about 1.5 million people would lose their jobs. So maybe they come out of the marketplace and that's a bad thing. And those people, unfortunately, temporarily would lose their jobs. But if rates do drop 1%, which clearly you see, oops, I'm sorry, Jen, what you clearly can see in these charts, they do drop by more than 1% every time. And they will again, 5 million people now become eligible. So eligibility drops for those one and a half that lost their job, unfortunately. But now the 5 million people that become eligible overwhelms that. And that's why you get this chart, which shows during recessions, the shaded areas, Home values have improved during and after the recession, eight out of nine. And I explained what happened during this one. You can see it was the housing bubble that brought us into the recession. It wasn't a recession that caused housing bubble. And we've kind of already gone through that. One yeah. last piece, Jen, that I think is very interesting is the job market's about to roll over. We've been getting these high numbers. You know, you get somebody like the Fed members yeah. saying, oh, we got to keep raising rates. That employment right. rate is, is, is blowout numbers. It's great. But there are things that are about to change. The big driver of that has been the leisure and hospitality sector. Mm -hmm. So when you look at leisure and hospitality jobs, they were up to close to 17 million and then COVID hit and this arena got really decimated, right? I mean, right. more than decimated. It got really uh, yeah. positioned. Cru cruises, traveling, hotels, everything. Yeah, just just everything. bars, restaurants, those types of things and hotels, yeah. like you said. So look at the job losses here. We lost yeah. in this area. You know, it got cut in half. We yeah. went from 17 million to eight and a half million jobs. 
But as we've seen in the last three years, this has been the engine. So all these job gains, the majority of them have been coming from this era. Mm -hmm. But what do we also see, Jen? We're just about fully back, right? So to, there's not a lot more juice we're going to be able to squeeze out of this thing. Yeah. So you're not going to see that job growth. And by the way, when you start looking forward and you look at job openings, in the last two months, job openings in this area have dropped by almost 300,000. So we're about to see the job market a lot softer than it has been, which everybody points to. The problem, Jen, is the Fed and everyone, they look at data. But what they really should be saying is we're looking at old data. So they're trying to, to create policy that will affect the future by looking at the past. It's like driving down the highway by looking in the, in the rear mirror. Yeah. So yeah. This is, you know, Wayne Gretzky was great. And Wayne Gretzky, you know, says, I don't skate to where the puck is. I skate to where the puck is going to be. Now, it's bad enough the Fed doesn't skate to where the puck is going to be. They don't even skate to where the puck is. They skate to where the puck was. And right. that's why they failed <laughs> us so badly. Yeah. Yeah. They kept rates too low. Now we have all these issues, including a banking crisis. Right. And they're doing the same thing right now. They're keeping yeah. rates way too bad. high. When inflation is already, if they only understood how these things work. Now, look, as somebody who's spoken to these members and who's done this type of stuff with them, you remember the crisis that we had in 2020 with the margin calls? You know, I've been given a lot of credit for saving the mortgage industry when I presented to the Fed and told the Fed that what they were doing was more harmful than good with all of the purchases, the outrageous purchases of mortgage bonds, because they didn't understand the plumbing. Don't give them too much credit. They don't get this. These are either lifetime academics or lifetime members of the Fed. They've never had a job that shows them how the business functions work. So that's up to you. That's up to you to share your customers, yeah. your realtors. You educate yourself on this. This is all out there. Uh, it's all stuff that we provide in MBS Highway yeah. every day. It's all all these charts, presentations, something that people can use within our, our site to now make that presentation. And, yeah. And we yeah. And, and, you know, I know what I was going to say is, you know, the challenge, the challenge as I see it is a lot of people do have access to it, but they're not, they're not motivated enough or they're not inspired enough to take the action. And these are people that I hate to say it, but people that might be listening here that aren't going to survive. And, and, you know, it's all in your hands to do this. It's not the, oh, the market's out of control. This is in your hands to do this. I can't, I can't tell you how many times Barry over umpteen years I've said, you know, listen to Barry watch CNN, watch CSM and whatever, Fox, watch, watch all of them, consume it all, look at it, analyze it and come up with your own perspective on this. This isn't, this isn't, uh, I watch CNN. And so I believe what they say. It's not, I listen to Barry and I just regurgitate his numbers without an understanding. You know, you got to have knowledge, but it's the application of that knowledge. that's important. You can't just write it down and then regurgitate it. You have to believe it as well. And, and that's what I've been saying to everyone a lot is that, you know, yeah, you have the knowledge about it, but do you actually believe it? Have you done enough of the research and rate, you know, we've done several in my coaching where, where we said, okay, today is going to be an understanding the market day, believe this or not. And, and I know that my coaching students are a sampling. Okay. Did not know how to sell an arm. Been in the business for 20 years don't know how to sell an arm because they've never had to. Is it right? 20 years or is it one year, 20 times? That's the question. Right, right. right. Well, the 10-1 or 21 loan officer, right? But, but um, and one of the things that, that I've been harping on recently is those that got the low interest rate, who got the home equity loan or the home equity line, 
you have to understand blended interest rates to help them refinance because they're not going to understand it. And it's not an average. And, and if you're listening and you don't know that, then you need to find that out. I'm not going to give it away here because you, you need to figure out what blended rate is because it's the only way you're going to be able to convince these people that they need to let go of that two or three percent rate for their betterment. Right. And that that and I know you've got charts. Yeah, to yeah, we, got, well, we have blended rate calculus, but yep. the debt consolidation tool is being used today. Right. Right. That this is what they're completely focused on is our debt consolidation tool, because yeah. those people that, hey, you know what? If you've got a 3% rate and you were to exchange it for a 6.5% rate, but you've got equity and you can knock off $50,000 in credit card debt and a car Not loan, preferred. You're, mm -hmm. you're, going to, you're going to put yourself in a savings of $1,100 a month. Now, if you took that $1,100 a month and applied it towards equity on the 6.5% loan, guess what? You saved it 10 years on your mortgage. <laughs> yeah. So you know th this, this is what is literally life-changing and it's causing a lot of originators to now be able to get that extra one or two transactions a month. And that's in our industry, two transactions a month, hundred thousand dollars a year. That's a very yeah. big difference. So, you know, it hurts me when, when I hear these stories that you say about people that don't want to, and you know, I, I want all everybody to, to do well as you yeah. do, Jen, yeah. you try and help everybody. Look, I, I can understand maybe not having the time in cases where you're just writing more loans than you could handle, um, and, and maybe, you know, even then I would still try and brush up on my skills, but now, um, what, what I've always said this, and I'm glad a lot of people, you know, have, have actually reposted that success is a simply decision. Success is a decision. What is the decision that you want to make? Where, where do you want to be? Um, because you can have that success and the market's about to turn and get better. You, yeah. you want to sharpen your skills right now, because as it turns, as it gets better, don't think it's going to happen 2020, 2021. That was an unnatural event. You had the Fed buying the market to unnatural levels, but you'll do great in a 5% interest rate environment. You're going to get some refis. You're going to do purchases. There's going to be a little bit less activity because rates are low and we have this situation where people, but you could still do a very good amount of business. And the way to do that is to get market share. The only way you're going to beat your competition and get market share is, as Jen started this off with, is you know she's working on presentation, right? Yeah. What is your presentation? You know, every profession has tools. Our tools are our words, our knowledge, and the ability to illustrate and back that up. Because what we do is, you know, you're not actually writing the check for somebody's mortgage, okay? You're not actually under, what you're doing is you're trying to present it and you want to gain their trust and confidence that the advice that you're giving, well, this is a technological age. If you've played with ChatGPT, like I have a lot, People are worried. Will this take a good loan originators? No, no way. Because ChatGPT cannot, at least at the present time, forecast. AI can't forecast. You can. You can analyze differently. You can analyze more effectively. And the real key that you have is that you can communicate. So if you can communicate in an articulate manner, which is what's so great about what Jen teaches and this is this is what you need to be doing right now. And again, it's kind of a long way to answer what would you be doing right now? Yeah, it's I'd okay. Be working, on, working on my presentation, Jen, so that when I do have an opportunity, I'm going to have a much greater chance of closing that. And I can gain more opportunities because everything we said is music to a real estate agent's ear. Yeah. What you want is you, and I'm going to ask you this question if those of you listening. Based upon what I just showed here, we, we, we took, I don't know, in aggregate, I don't know, maybe there's about 20 minutes of presentation, I did 15 minutes or 20 minutes of presentation. How many of you, if you were a real estate agent, would say, 
oh man, I wish I had Barry to tell that to my customer. Right. We'll make it so that they wish they had you to tell it to their customer. Make mm-hmm. that so compelling to them, just like I did with you, so that every customer they talk to, they want the customer to hear those words, see those pictures, and make that so that they need you. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this goes back to mortgages under management, right? And real estate under management. We need to encourage our real estate agents to be connecting with their their people to also, you know, one of the things I've had my my uh, students do recently is to reach out to their realtors and do a webinar for their realtor client and then go to your next realtor and go do a webinar for that realtor client, you know, all the clients for that realtor in their database so that um you know you're you're able to speak this several times you're not doing it once to mass numbers you're doing it to a database of real estate you know for one realtor to make that realtor look like oprah you know it's it's about hey i brought this expert in but you have to be the expert you have to be in the position to be able to do that and again, it's it's not just about knowledge. It's about your belief in the knowledge you're receiving and that you've done the research. You know, Les Browns, I say this on this podcast all the time, says, you know, if you do what's easy, your life is going to be hard. And if you do what's hard, your life will be easy. I'm not talking about working hard. I'm talking about doing the hard work so that yeah. you can, right? Doing the hard work so that you have the knowledge behind this, you know, looking at fear and greed indexes, looking, you know, there's, there's so many things. You say the truth of it is it's not that hard. I'm honestly, it's not, it's not that hard. Once you have sense. it, it's just adjusting it every day. And, and I think that a real critical element of it is good communication. I think a lot of the world's problems will be solved with good communication, yeah. but we, most people are not great communicators. Mm-hmm. Because what is communication? When you communicate with somebody, you are you have an idea that you formulated in your brain and the idea is to put it into someone you're trying to, to converse with or a group that you're presenting to put it in their brain. Yeah. The mistake that the vast majority of people make is they've already formulated that in their head. They come up with an end result and then they try to deposit that end result in the other person's brain. What's wrong with that? What's really bad about that is the other person does not have the benefit of the journey. Now you can't take them through the long painstaking journey. What you have to do is try and make that journey very quick and easy to follow. And then put the idea that you have to plant seeds when the ground's fertile. Okay. So you have to kind of get that ground a little fertile by showing this. See, if I just said the things that I said to you without the benefit of explanation, you would be potentially, you know, a, a, a bit, um, you know, put off to say, you know, like, how, how do I know? Okay. That's skeptic. just your opinion. Skeptic. Yeah. Skeptic. You're certainly going to be skeptical. That's the right word. Yeah. But if I were, if I presented the way I presented it, which was to give you step-by-step background, then back it up with the facts and charts to illustrate that to you and then show it and give context to it. Well, then you receive that message much better. And then you start to agree with it or believe in it in many cases and that's effective presenting. So yeah. one of the things you have to do is you have to practice that. And I know you brought up a great example, Jen, of going to your database. But what I would even say is take it one step before that and explain these concepts to somebody who is not experienced in it. Because think about it. If you're able to teach someone this, first of all, it's great practice for you. And by the way, people say practice makes perfect. Practice. No, it's perfect, perfect practice. practice. Perfect. <laughs> yes. So you want to get this down. If yeah. you can teach someone who doesn't understand this stuff and you can get them to understand your point, well, then you're really becoming a great communicator. 
And that's what you want to be. The, the key yeah. here to success is communication of yeah. these ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and that's what we've done. You know, we've had sessions where I'm teaching and sharing and getting concepts and asking, you know, it was so funny. I remember when I first did this, I said, what's, what's the fed rate? What's the fed rate? And people were throwing, it was like an auction. First of all, <laughs> throwing out numbers, you know, two, one, zero, five, you know, it was, it was hilarious throwing out the numbers. I said, that's not the question asked. What is the fed rate? No one had an answer. I take that back. One of my clients did, had an answer, knew what the federal funds rate actually was, consists of. And so we had to go through all that learning before, of course, before you send them out there and, and doing a webinar or anything or any speaking. But that's why we are doing this power presentation event, because I want people to get the, you know, understand what speaking is all about. Um, and yeah, whether it's that topic or any other topic, you have to be knowledgeable in the topic. We, I mean, I think it stands to reason. I have one last question for you, Barry, before we go. Thank you so much for giving us so much of your time. And I know that everyone listening is going to be rewinding, rewinding, doing otter, transcribing. They're going to be taking all kinds of notes. Have you ever come out with, on a quarterly basis, a one sheet for stats? You really no, should. We, ha we have it because we Okay. We, we do that every day and then we create presentations on a quarterly mm -hmm. basis for what's going on. But, you know, statistically, we update them so they're more in real time. So we do that yeah. you know, daily, monthly as this stuff comes out. It's like all the charts that I showed you are as yeah. to real time as you could get. Yeah. So you know, we, we do them kind of live and every live, day. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious if you did, you know, to kind of help people with some talking points is my, is my point, well, but we, we you know, this is why they need to do it every day. They need to listen every day. We are in a world where data gets old very quickly. Mm -hmm. So in the mortgage world to be talking about what was happening potentially a month, two months, or even three months ago is not going to be very representative or effective of what the world looks like at the present time. So you yeah, think about how quickly things change, changes. Why, you know, if you're on MBS Highway and you watch that eight minutes or so every morning on the update, we make it very easy to understand it, very entertaining. And we give you a lot of this information as well as the visuals for it. You then can have very timely and current conversations with your customers. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, you want to be smarter than your competition. Look, you can bullshit in the past and just take orders because they were flying in the door. You can't bullshit anymore. Can't do it, you, you have to make a decision that you want to win, you want to be successful, and you have to make a decision that you want to do this as a professional. You don't want to be an order taker. You don't want to be a salesperson. You know it yourself. When you're dealing with someone who's just bullshitting you, you see through it. Yeah. You know that they don't know their stuff. And they're just they're just trying to sell you. They yeah. might have good intentions, but they don't know. Yeah. If you deal with someone who you're learning from, who really is an advisor, who when they say something to you, it's meaningful and you could follow along and you can understand it. You gravitate towards them. And in many cases, you may even wind up paying a little more because of your level of confidence. It's no different when you're the person on the other side of the table. So you have to make that you. You have yeah. to make yourself a valuable resource to your referral source and you have to make yourself an advisor to your customer. Nobody yeah. comes out of the womb and knows you know, what core CPI is or what the Fed right. funds rate <laughs> right. is or, or what the Fed funds right. rate is. However, these are all things that 
are today very easy to get up to speed on and learn. You have a great coach with Jen. She's going to be able to walk you through. I mean, Jen, I got to take my hat off to you. I remember years and years, you would come to all my presentations and listen to everything. You know, you, you absorb things like a sponge. And it's so great to see all these wonderful things that you've done with it. I mean, so proud of you and you're, you're doing incredible things. But you. if you're listening and you're saying, well, that seems like it's a little bit advanced, great that it is. You want to have that level of advancement. You want it to be where you reach for it a little bit. But day by day, if you do the work, you get there and you will be far ahead of your competition and a much greater resource to referral sources and a much better advisor to your customers. Yeah. So yeah. Because there's a lot of people out there saying, just make phone calls, call people, call people, get appointments, get appointments. What are you gonna, my, my response is, and what are you going to say? What are you going to talk about? What are you going to talk about? Yeah. And you know, one of the main things in my coaching is elevating yourself, you know, in your expertise, right. And getting, getting that credibility out in the marketplace, gaining clarity. If just, Jen, if somebody just called me that, you know, just a five, I don't want that call. That's a call that I, I, I don't want. I've got enough friends. Okay. Thank you. I've got enough friends in my life. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm a very nice person, you know, but quite frankly, I'm, I don't want just the bullshit call. Yeah. If you're going to call me and tell me that there's an opportunity that should be aware of that rates are going to come down, that right now is a really welcome that yeah. call. Yeah, absolutely. I was interviewing someone the other day who said, uh, you know, that we've been asking our, you know, our team all the time, is it day one or is it one day? And I thought, God, that's so profound, right? Is today day one for you or is it going to continue to be one day, one day I'll learn it. One day I'll take the time to, to do this. And I kept saying this when COVID hit, I said, I'm telling you right now, you are experiencing short-term gain for long-term pain. It's wonderful that you had the best year of your life, but the market gave it to you and what's going to happen when it goes away. Right. And that's where a lot of people have found themselves. And that's why I bring on the, and, and really disrupt my podcast with this type of, of discussion of you know, get off your tushies, start doing the hard work, start learning this, even if it's piece by piece. And we'll have a link down below as well on how you can sign up for MBS Highway because we have a special relationship here <laughs> to give you a special, special little pricing on it. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're not involved in it, you need to. If you have MBS Highway, oh, I haven't looked at it one day, mm, right? Today's day one, start going in there and looking at it. And, uh, you know, I just thank you for all that you do for us, Barry. I mean, it's always been like this for years and years. You and Dave Stevens, you know, I mean, Dave and I have been friends for 40 years, which is so scary. Um, love I, just, Dave. I can't handle that. I'm like, I can't believe when we met, we were in our 30s and now we're yeah. in our 60s. It's scary. He's, uh, he's, he's done so much good for our industry. Oh, yeah. And you have too. So thank you for the contribution you're making um, to our industry and, and giving us this insight and very timely, you know, to give us that springboard that we need in this spring market because it is coming. I can feel it coming. It's stirring up. There are more offers out there. There's more activity. So um, thank you. If there's one thing you'd like to leave us with, a phrase, an, uh, an affirmation, just a, a word of advice, what would you like to leave us with today? So, you know, the there was an article in American Banker, and the article said, um, is it time to quit mortgage and real estate? And they cited the fact that mortgage rates are up, refinances are down, probably somewhere around 70%. They cited that purchase applications were down about 40%. And is it time to throw in the towel and quit? 
is it, and that's the thing is it, is it time to quit mortgage and real estate? Now, all the statistics are true. Just one little difference. The article was written in 2014. Mm -hmm. So if you had heeded that, or if you had withdrawn a little bit and you weren't engaged, you missed the best eight years in the history of this industry. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what the next eight years are going to hold for us, but I do know that things are going to get better. All the signs are there, all the things we talked about. So there is an enorm enormous opportunity. So what you want to do now is you want to engage. Don't you dare withdraw. Don't you dare quit. Make yourself the best version of yourself that you can be by gaining this knowledge. Be a better resource to your customers, to your referral sources, and you're going to reap the rewards for a very long time. I love it. And remember, it's not a sales call. It's a service call. Because that's right up the alley of what you just said. You're not calling to sell. You're calling to serve. And in that, you will receive. No question about it. I love that. Thank you so much, Barry, for that information. Everyone, thank you so much for listening in, uh, taking time out of your busy day. Again, I love your feedback. So continue to send me in instant messages everywhere. Email me. I love your feedback. Um, I'm always looking for opportunities to have those conversations with you. And take a minute to scroll down on your phone real quick. Give us a great five-star rating and write a comment in there about something that Barry said that changed your life. Perhaps this could be a breakthrough uh, or an action that you're going to take on what he had to talk about here today. Then uh, one thing I forgot, I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Go, ahead. Go, go to my Instagram. I am Barry Habib. There's a lot of content there that you can use. I am Barry Habib. It's a verified account. So just make sure there's you know, phonies out yeah. there, but verified account. <laughs> right. uh, there's yeah. so much content out there that you can take and use right now to share with your realtors and with Today. your clients. So go yeah. ahead and yeah, don't wait. You know, I'm called my coach calls me the implementation ninja because that's what I do is I take things and I implement right away. So go and do that today. You know, we're, we're um, you know, a great time in our history. So go and do that today. But again, thank you so much, Barry. Oh, and one last thing I wanted to let all of you know is um, I am now on the lookout for another mastermind in our podcast. So I'm looking for four to five loan officers and or realtors who would like to be involved in a mastermind in a podcast setting like this, and you will be out there in the big bad world. So if you're interested in that, be sure that you connect with me on any of the links below, and I will talk to you soon next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.